Hi, welcome to Dreams Recycle podcast uh, with me, Tiffany Ann Bevelin. Today, I'm very excited to have as a special guest, Andrea Gross, Certified Life Coach. Um, as you know, all our podcasts are about how you move on after divorce or adversity and how you recycle your life into something positive. So Andrea, so I know that you have been divorced and you took a little trip after your divorce. So tell us about what happened. Um, I, after my divorce, I waited a few years until my youngest graduated from college and I left New Jersey and, um, came to LA. Wow. Um, could and you have I've gone, been living here. For could you have gone any further? That's a big move. <laughs> it was a huge move, but, um, something I always wanted to do. And so that was your dream. You always wanted to go to LA and when you were married, you couldn't. And so divorce was the opportunity you needed to live your dreams. It sounds like. So what are you doing in LA? What was your dream? Um, I am currently getting ready to pitch a TV pilot. Um, when I came out here, I was, I was writing some, I was writing what I thought would either be my next book or, you know, I didn't really know what it would be, but I knew I wanted to somehow be involved with a TV project. So I started writing and, and fast forward six months, I currently have a writing partner and a, another person in the industry who wants to be involved. So how exciting. You know, yeah, very exciting. And, you know, just, just living proof that if you put it out there and really reach for your dreams and, and, you know, do what's in your heart. I always say do what's in your heart and follow your intuition. No, I agree. And I think that it's something that people um, really don't tune into enough. The, the, you know, divorce, obviously you lose a lot in divorce, but you gain so much more, I think. And so, you know, I'm sure when you were married, like I was married, you know, your kids came first, your husband came first, your wife came first, whoever, you know, we kind of tend to focus on the family unit, which is great at the time. But in doing that, it limits us following our dreams a lot of the time. We kind of martyr ourselves for our families. And, um, and I too, as you know, what I've done, started my own website and company. And um, you have too. I mean, I think we're shining examples of if you do follow your dreams and you do dream big, that you really can do anything after divorce. It really is the beginning of a lot of things for a lot of people. So, so what do you think are the practical steps? I mean, you know, I'm sure it's very, very difficult to just pick up and move to the other side of the country. So how did you, did you have a strategy, a plan? Tell us a little bit about how you decided and kind of put it into action what you were going to do. Um, well, I, I kept taking little trips out here while I was going through my divorce. And each time I came home, you know, back to the East Coast, I said, you know, there's something about the West Coast and I would really like to put myself there permanently or, you know, I don't know if I'm here permanently, but um, mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to try living there. So I waited until my youngest went to college. Right. And um, I, I can honestly say that, you know, when women get divorced, it's, it's almost like you go through the grieving period and which this is eight years later for me. And there's still mm -hmm. times where you know, it's so painful. It doesn't completely go away. Right. I don't think that's realistic. But 
Um, I, I think for women, you, you have to kind of like, you totally reinvent yourself because you go from being someone's wife, someone's mother to, okay, now my kids are in college and, and I'm not married anymore. So now what? So mm-hmm. you can either, you have two choices. You could, you could be a victim for the rest of your life and suffer with it or really tap into what makes you happy, what makes you feel good, what gives you energy, you know, what gives you reason to jump out of bed in the morning and, mm-hmm. and find your path again. No, um, I, I, yeah, no, I totally okay. agree. So you're also a life coach um, and an author. Yes. So as a life coach, I know you work with a lot of divorcees and um, what, what do you tell them about how they even go about finding their passion or finding their dream in the first place? Because I know I talk to a lot of people who are just lost. They say they can't even remember what they liked. So, well, my, my, the main um, goals when I'm coaching anybody is to help them find self-love, their confidence and, and be authentic. Okay. Cause a lot of people are caught up with what, who they think they should be, you know, because they see everybody else doing it, but not really tapping into who is really, who is really them. So, and I think, and also once you come out of a divorce, whether you initiate it or not, doesn't even matter. You know, there's a period of, you know, you don't feel so great about yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of like new in the world and you're, you know, you're on like new ground and you're really like, standing by yourself instead of standing with a, with a spouse. So I always work on where people's confidence level is because, you know, divorce takes a toll. Oh, it does. No, it really does. And, you know, we're all for that too. You and I have spoke before and we're definitely on the same page, you know, self-love is everything and divorce will, you know, suck that out of you quicker than anything else. And uh, Exactly. it is a process and we all have to get there and you can't, you know, I don't believe that you can move on to a happy career or a happy dream or a happy, you know, second or third relationship or marriage until you really sort that out. Because as, as many of us have watched, uh, you know, amongst our friends and social circles, um, if you can't love yourself, you really can't have a happy relationship with anyone else. And these are the people who go, you know, from one marriage to another marriage to another marriage to another marriage without figuring it out. And it's such a shame because there's no need for that. Exactly. And I think it's also very important to understand that, you know, in some cases, yes, if if there's abuse involved, maybe, you know, one person has no choice other than to leave. But Mm -hmm. in most cases, and from most people that I work with, they they come to the realization that a, a relationship is two people mm-hmm. and it's not one person's fault it's it's how you participate in a relationship and if you come into a marriage with low self-esteem mm-hmm. then that just gets magnified and and then when you're divorced you're left with that low self-esteem and now you're alone right so well, building up that self-esteem and you know and i believe in body mind and soul you know, I believe in taking care of everything. No, I do. I do too. I feel like you can't have a healthy mind if you don't have a healthy body. And, um, and I think it's all very, very good things and weapons to use going through your divorce for the healing process. 
And um, going back to what you're saying about self-love, I mean, it really is a case of that. There's too many people really, you know, getting into these kind of codependent relationships and marriages where they don't feel whole by themselves. They're really looking for another half. And we and I believe adamantly that the only kind of relationships that work are two whole people who are enhancing each other's lives because it's not anybody else's responsibility to make you happy. Exactly. And it also, when you're not out there looking and, you know, looking for a relationship and, you know, desperately trying to, to find your next husband, then when you find self-love, you, you can almost like let go and relax with it because you start to attract people organically. Well, and you attract you better know, people, right? You don't attract the wounded and the people who need fixing and the people who, you know, maybe are as damaged as we are. Um, you, you definitely, the more you heal, the more healthy um, people you attract, in my opinion. Exactly. And I think the more, the more self-love you have and the more, the more happiness and passion in your life, the, the less you're apt to be out searching for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're happy, of course, everybody wants to be in love. Right. Right. But yeah, no, yeah, like because, I, yeah, because your happiness attracts happy people to you. I mean, you know, in hindsight, I remember after my divorce and, you know, it's in my book, I was a wreck. And I was attracting the worst kind of people left, right, and center. And I was like, oh, it must be me. It must be me. Well, it kind of was me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's true. It kind of was me because, you know, I had like, you know, the demeanor of kind of a wounded bird. And so I was attracting all these people who have like saving syndrome and all these other unhealthy dynamics. And, um, and it wasn't, you know, it took me a while personally to learn this. And so I think, you know, we all have our own journey and we all get there eventually, but dreams recycled and, and life coaches like you, I think we all help people get there a little quicker because I feel like when I got divorced there, you know, I didn't know the resources. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't understand the whole concept. I mean, when we were kids, I'm sure for you the same as me, nobody talked to anyone about any of this stuff, about codependency or narcissism or healthy relationships or not healthy relationships or self-love. I mean, it wasn't even on the radar. And so it's no wonder we have so many divorces nowadays. Oh, exactly. And, and I always say if I had a life coach when I was going through my divorce, it would have saved me emotionally financially like in every way that's why i'm so passionate about passing it on and and helping people because there's so much that i didn't understand Mm -hmm. so you know right from the get-go if people can understand that instead of putting your energy and focus into blame and 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 continuing to fight with your ex which is so unhealthy for your kids anyway to just be in a good place within yourself so you can rise above that and mm-hmm. not get into it and, and start to like move on and show your kids that even though you, you know, even though you're divorced and you, you couldn't, you didn't, the marriage didn't work out. It doesn't mean you can't have a good relationship and still, you know, show them what love is all about. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good tip because, you know, you're definitely right. Too many people spend far too much time focusing on the ex and the ex's new 
girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and drama on Facebook and all kinds of other social media things that make people's lives crazy nowadays. Whereas I tell them all the time, if you focused all that energy on, you know, rebuilding your own life and focusing on your own happiness, you're going to be a lot um, further ahead, a lot quicker. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, and, a, sh- and, it's a shame. That, that's something that I wish maybe I realized earlier on in the game. But, you know, I, I don't have regrets because I, I understand now. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I could help a lot of families because it is so hard on the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not the divorce that's so... The, the divorce is difficult on the kids, but the, it's harder. The fighting that goes on afterwards is even harder. Right, yeah, the drama, the fighting, the arguing about child support and visitation, all the other stuff. It's not, you know, a healthy environment for anyone. Right, the competition. And then our kids learn how to be manipulators. And and the whole Mm -hmm. thing is just a big unhealthy mess. Mm -hmm. So, okay, it's really, and it's really, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, we're breaking up a little bit, but it's okay. Maybe we have a little bit of a poor connection, but it's okay. No, I was going to say, no, I, I agree. You, people just get into a lot of unhealthy kind of mindset and unhealthy habits, even after divorce. And some people will drag this out for years or decades, which is a complete waste of time, effort, and quite frankly, their life, because they could be, you know, happier focusing all that energy elsewhere. But what I was going to say is, um, why don't you tell us about your book when you're ready? Okay. When I was going through my divorce, I started keeping a journal. Mm -hmm. And one night I was reading it to my best friend. And she, and and this was, I was like lying on my bed on Saturday night in tears, writing in my journal, talking to my friend. And, and she asked me to read her a part that I told her about. So I read it to her and she was laughing. And I said, Oh my God, I'm sitting here in pain and you're laughing. She goes, you have to publish this. It's funny. It's real. People will get it. It's not a typical divorce book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to push it. But you know, I did, I kept writing and writing became my therapy. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always been, you know, writing's always been my passion. And I just like, from the minute I, I was divorced, I just went back to writing. Is this, um, were you a writer before your divorce or was this something that just you always liked, but you never really did? You know, I wrote a lot when I was younger, like in high school, I wrote a lot of poems and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stories and songs. I was always writing. And then, you know, I got married, had kids and like, who thinks about writing when you're so busy? But then all of a sudden it just, it kind of was my savior when I was going through my divorce. So I, I finished the journal and then I looked into self-publishing it. And I'll never forget, I self-published it. Um, my mom got very sick after my divorce and she passed away. She had leukemia. Oh, uh-huh. And so you had, but, you had a lot of loss in a very short period. Oh, I had a lot. I, I, I lost my dog. I sold my house. I lost my mom. It, it's kind of like everything was happening at once and I couldn't understand it, but I just kept writing through it. So I self-published the book and I remember I went on a trip the day after I published it and the first email I got was from a man who had just read it. 
And I was so surprised because when I put it out there, I said, it's, it's definitely a woman's book. You know, it's about women. Mm-hmm. And he said, this was such a, and this was powerful for me. And this is why I continue to write. He mm-hmm. said, this was such a great book for me to read because I'm going through a divorce and it helped me to understand my ex-wife. Oh, no, that's a good point. Yeah, no, because it is. It's, it's very, it's why Dreams Recycled is for men and women. It's why we blog for both. It's why I coach both. You know, I think there are, you know, it's two sides to every story, right? Or three when there's his, hers and the truth. And so I, I think it's very valuable for both sides to understand the other side. Because I always say to everyone, you know, divorce is an equal opportunity destroyer. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I mean, I think a lot of times men have a kind of tilted uh, perception that they're always the bad guy. But the more and more I've spoken to divorces, I don't actually think that's true. I think that, you know, everyone has, can act, have, you know, bad behavior during their divorce and whatever. And that everybody needs to work on it. Yes, definitely. And I think for women, it's more obvious, you know, women can sit and cry to their girlfriends or, you know, be sad and and reach out for support. And men don't show their feelings that way, mostly. And most, most of the time, it comes out as anger or isolation. And, you know, they have different ways of showing it. And I think it's very difficult also, because I think in a lot of divorces, from what I see, most times it's about the woman not being happy and starting to evolve and grow and becoming independent. And, and the, it takes a while for an ex-husband to catch up and understand all that. Mm-hmm. Well, you and know? that's why, you know, statistically 8.2 out of every 10 divorces are filed by women, not men. I mean, I think women are much more likely no matter um, you know, whose fault or what's going on in the marriage, who knows. But women tend to be the one who finally stand up and say, okay, I'm not happy or I've had enough or whatever. And they're the ones that file and leave. And a lot of times I feel like men are left blindsided, even though they knew that there was a lot going on. They just don't see that, you know, ending up in a divorce uh, lawyer's office is probably the end result of, you know, a lot of things during their marriage not being addressed and not being sorted out. Exactly. And I think more men tend to settle with okay being okay. And Mm -hmm. women aren't anymore. Well, no, no, women aren't. And I, you know, I talk to even people who are not divorced, who are having marital issues. And one of the things I say is, you know, I'm 100% sure that nobody gets divorced on a whim. We tend to, you know, be like divorce is so high and divorce has bad reputation and it's just so rampant. People don't take marriage seriously. They just do whatever. But really, when you talk to divorcees, and I'm sure you agree, nobody gets divorced on a whim. It's, you know, a years, a lifetime, decades, whatever, of issues and situations that have not been resolved. And divorce is the very, very last case scenario for many people. And it doesn't matter who files or who doesn't. Generally, neither neither of the parties actually really want it. They just can't be happy together anymore. So they're choosing to be happy apart. And, um, And I think that people need to understand that You know, if they're in a marriage even and they see, you know, their spouse is unhappy, that they need to attend to this early. They can't wait a decade because you will end up in divorce court. 
Exactly. So even more of a reason for for everybody who is divorced to spend some time alone, get to know yourself and and be in the right relationship. I think we've all learned so much from our divorces mm-hmm. that we can take and and be in a healthy relationship from what we've learned. So oh. if we can look at it, I mean, it sounds cliche, but if we can look at it as a lesson, mm-hmm. you know, it can really help. So I um, so I like to ask most of my guests, sometimes I forget, but as you just said about dating again, so I have to ask you, what's the very worst date you've ever been on since your divorce? <laughs> uh, the worst date was when I... <laughs> When I was living in New York and my friends fixed me up with somebody who they thought was going to be it mm-hmm. and he happened to be a very wealthy guy mm-hmm. and um, we went on to a very nice restaurant and he was so arrogant and rude to the waitress that I picked, I picked myself up halfway through the dinner and said, I, I can't sit through this anymore. Oh. And my friends were like, could not believe it. And I said, you know, I don't care how much money he has. I was so embarrassed and felt so bad for the waitress. I just couldn't sit there anymore. I didn't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So to everyone out there looking for the rich guy, you know, it's not always, you know, <laughs> so wonderful, you know. Well, well no. Yeah. No, and I, um, I really feel like at the end of the day, character counts because that's all that you're left with. You know, like we, we exactly. focus when we're younger, first time around on maybe, you know, more shallow things, whether it's looks, you know, lifestyle, money, uh, power, whatever. Right. But by the second time around, you realize that none of these things you wake up with and none of these things you go to sleep with. You go to sleep with someone's character, their personality, their friendship, their companionship, their kindness, their caring. And really, you know, especially second time around, you have a chance to redo it and do it in a more positive way. And um, I really think that, you know, we need to kind of peel back those layers and say at the end of the day, you know, none of, you know, most divorcees are not 20 anymore. Some people get (laughs) divorced really young, but you're looking at somebody that you're going to hopefully grow old with and, you know, be left as an empty nester. Their kids will leave, your kids will leave and you'll just have each other. And God forbid, you know, somebody gets sick, somebody gets injured, somebody gets whatever. I mean, these are all the things that at the end of the day, attest a relationship and uh, reveal to you the real person that you ended up with. And so, you know, that's my kind of dating advice. Really look for the kindness in people. Look for the character in people. Like you said, like how they teach, you know, treat the waiter, the things they say, you know, and um, because that's what you're left with. And uh, do you have any dating tips? Um, Well, I wanted to say something else before the dating tips. Okay. I think it's, I, I was a stay at home mom. So mm-hmm. I also think it's very important. And this is why my work is so important to me now also, because I don't have to totally depend on alimony or meeting a man to support me. You know, I have a clients who are also like probably pre-divorced right now, who um, I'm trying to help, you know, them establish themselves and build themselves up and kind of like get themselves that Mm -hmm. so they're not so afraid so I think that's just an important statement to make 
yeah you independence. Know, for, for women yeah, yeah. You, you cannot put a price on independence and that's an excellent point and you know i have a 13 year old daughter and the poor thing she she walks around saying i'm a strong independent woman because i i think it's so important whether you're a divorcee whether you're a stay-at-home mom whether you know you're a college kid that you understand that if you are not financially independent then you you tend to make worse choices in life i'm a strong believer in that and so you know to make sure that they exactly. that. and i think people don't feel as good about themselves you know if they feel that they can't look after themselves they will settle for things that they shouldn't they will put up with things that they shouldn't and that's a horrible dynamic for everyone so true and which leads me to your your dating question um, I think, I think really the most important thing with dating is to, you know, not take it personally. There, there's so much going on online and with Bumble and all the apps and everything. So, you know, this all comes back to the self-esteem and self-love. You know, if you're feeling good about yourself and know that you'd be a good partner to somebody, then you're not going to take the rejection and the you know, when, when people don't respond or people don't, you mm -hmm. know, match with you, you're not going to take it personally. You just know that, okay, that's not the right fit. I'll move on. I always, mm -hmm. I say to my clients, next, like, let's yeah. not dwell on that. Just move on. Yeah, there so, are seven, 7 billion people on this planet. Why do we let any one person make us feel miserable or bad about ourselves? When, you know, you, you don't have to have all 7 billion people think you're amazing and fall madly in love with you. You only need one person who's a good fit for you. And, um, and that's who you should be looking for. And like you said, you know, too many people trying to fit round pegs in square holes because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to feel bad. They like whatever it is. But, you know, let that go because there, there really is someone better out there for you. Somebody who, when you find them, um, it won't be so much work. It won't be difficult. You won't be worried about being rejected and it will just all fall into place when it's right. Exactly. And also your belief system. I, I'm very big on belief systems because although people might, you know, think, okay, I'm going to meet somebody great and I really deserve something good now it's really, really believing in yourself and really believing that everything's going to work out and mm -hmm. that, you know, you're a person and you've, you've done the work and it's just a matter of time, you know, instead of, oh, you know, I have a lot of clients when they first start, it's like, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that, you know, and really getting that, getting them to a place where they feel so good about themselves and they believe that of course something great is going to happen. No, and that's a great mindset, right? Positivity is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows. And, and I think that's good in every aspect, whether it's dating, whether it's business, whether it's your children, whether whatever it is. I mean, I belong to quite a few Facebook groups online for divorce and it astounds me how many people are like caught up in this cycle of negativity you know things will never get better life will never go on you know i'll never find anyone da, da, da. and i almost feel like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and i just want to like i don't but i want to go in those groups and be like uh positivity people positivity 
Right. Well, I think for a lot of people, it's easier to be in victim mode. Yeah. You know, that's like kind of like their safe place. Like, let everyone feel sorry for me. Yeah. You know, so so unattractive and so unhealthy. Nobody is, no one healthy is attracted to that persona. And it's a horrible persona to live out every day and have your children, especially watch you in that mode. You're teaching them a horrible, horrible role model and a horrible way to be. Exactly. And I always tell clients, if next time you're in a restaurant for dinner, you can observe, you can, you know, watch the bar and you could see the women who don't feel great about themselves are usually the most made up or mm-hmm. women, you know, you, you can kind of, you even sense the desperation, mm-hmm. you know, and then in a woman who's feeling confident and might not be in the, you know, uh, designer outfit or wearing a lot of makeup but a woman will walk in with confidence feeling good about herself knows who she is and that's where people are drawn Mm -hmm. no absolutely absolutely that's a great point and that's 100 percent true you know you you attract what you are and you want to be with people who are also confident you want to be with people who are in a good place and in a positive place i mean there's nothing worse than and i've been on many dates with you know the Debbie Downers and it's just like you cannot get out of there quick enough and they're probably very nice people but nobody wants to hear that they just don't and that's like tough love for our listeners right now but nobody wants to hear that believe me (laughs) exactly especially children you know it's so hard on kids when you know of course parents are upset going through the divorce but you know, if you can't show your kids that you can be strong and get through anything, then they're going to question whether they can. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to be permanently happy all the time. I was talking to somebody the other day about it's okay to let your children cry. They were saying, oh, I never let my children see me cry. And I said, well, why not? Because, you know, I think it's okay for your kids to see that you have emotion and you have feelings and you're processing the loss. That's fine. But what you don't want to do is, like said, become the professional victim to it. And so, you know, I think there's a benefit to let your children see that, you know, you had a bad day and then just let them see you the next day, you know, take the world by the horns and go about your business in a positive way and be like, you know, we survived that and we're moving on because that's life. Life is full of adversity and challenges and we all need to learn to deal with them as an adult or a child or whatever. Exactly. And I, you know, went through so much that, you know, my, my three kids are on the East Coast and it was so hard for me to pick up and move. But, you know, because of my relationship with them, they are 100% behind me right now. Mm-hmm. And that means so much to me because we've all been through so much. Right. So, you know, I'm kind of giving them their space to grow and they're giving me mine. Well, and this is something, you know, that's a good point you brought up as well, because um, there's different level, there's different stages of divorce, right? And I'm talking just strictly now about divorce where there are children involved. So there's this, you know, this kind of stage of divorce where you're trying to navigate the kid shuffle and the kid going back and forward and trying to, you know, feel like this super parent doing it all, all the time, working, you know, soccer practice, 
pack lunch, school homework, whatever. But we, we often lose sight that this eventually ends. Like for you, you have your last child going off to college. And if you haven't laid the ground rules and the groundwork for a happy life for you, um, I talk to a lot of people who have then gone back into kind of the depression mode. They survived the divorce, they figured out all the kids, but now the kids have left. And now they're divorced, they don't really have any dreams and goals and things for them. All their kids have, you know, rightly gone gone away to college and doing what they're doing, and then the divorcees have to start all over again for a second time. Exactly, and that's exactly why I moved to LA because I I said, okay, I'm not going to stay where I raised my kids and and had my married life. I need something new and fresh, and you know, also I lost my mom, so I, I needed to really heal. And I wanted to do that in a new environment. I kind of wanted to get my, get to know myself in a new environment, like see who I really am and if I could really do this. Wait, you know, you and here I am. I, it was supposed to be a year and we're going on two. Aw. <laughs> and are you happy with the decision you made to move out there? Uh, I'm very happy. I love it here. It's, you know, I'm torn between the East Coast and the West Coast because, I mean, all my friends are in New York, my kids and family, my father, everyone's there. But right now, everyone is just happy. I'm happy. And, you know, having that support is great. And I go to New York as often as I can. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I won't be here permanently. I'll, you know, it depends where my kids settle. But but for today, I'm living in the moment, and it's a good place to be. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It sounds like you really have done an amazing job recycling your life, and I wish you massive success with your book when you're ready, and also with your TV pilot. You have to come back again on our show if, you, um, you know, if that comes about, which we'll be hoping it does for you. Um, so where can they find you, Andrea? Where can our listeners find you? Um, I just launched my new website, Andrea Life Coach Plus. Um, okay. And you can get my, my contact information through my website. Okay. And we also post it at the, um, in the iTunes link. So you can go straight to Andrea's website from there. And are you on social media or no? I'm on social media. My Instagram is Andrea underscore lifestyle underscore coach. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Andrea Gross, and what Twitter is at Andrea Gross, and Facebook is Andrea Gross Lifestyle Coach. Okay. Um, I have um, I have lifestyle consulting on my website as well. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, if you're interested, go check out Andrea's uh, website and check out her book when you're ready. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And we wish you success with everything. Thank you, Tiffany.